St. John's Gospel, chapter number 16. And uh, didn't really plan to be here again. We've been in the Gospel of John the last few services. Uh, but this is where the Lord has uh, dealt with our heart again uh, from this Scripture. And I just want to read one verse this morning and uh, try my best to give you what the Lord has put on my heart. If He will help us. And uh, as uh, was taught this morning so well in the Sunday school hour, pray that it won't be in man's wisdom, but it'll be in the power of God and the demonstration of the Spirit of God. And trust that the Lord will help us together this morning. John chapter 16, when you found your place, if you're able, willing to do so, we'll stand together out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. I just want to read one verse, the last verse of John chapter number 16, verse number 33. The Lord here is speaking to His disciples. And He says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in Me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Now, here in these verses, in this verse that we read to you this morning, in the verses that come before, especially if we were to turn back and go back to John chapter 14, the Lord begins to speak with His disciples about going away. They don't understand that. They are troubled by His sayings, and that's why... Uh, that verse or verses that we know so well and we see them so often. The Lord said in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. And the reason that they were troubled is they didn't understand what he meant by the fact that he's going away. And they didn't understand the fact that he said him where I'm going at this point, you can't go, but there'll come a time you can come. And Thomas said, Lord, we know not where you're going, whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And he's dealing with them about his going away. And also in speaking to them about going away, he said, it's expedient for you that I go away. That word expedient means that it's necessary, it's beneficial, it's for your betterment that I go away. For he said, when I go away, I'll send the Comforter and he'll come to you and guide you into all truth. And he begins to deal with them and speak to them about the working of the Holy Ghost that we know would come on the day of Pentecost after the resurrection and the ascension of Christ back to heaven. The day of Pentecost came and the Holy Ghost came upon the people and upon the apostles and upon the church. But everything that the Lord is dealing with with His disciples here is troubling them and it's unnerving them. They have walked with this man for three and a half years. They have watched his public ministry. They have saw his miracles. They have invested everything they have in Jesus Christ. They have the hope that he is the Son of God, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Christ, that he is the one that all the prophets of old have written about, that all the people of God have waited for and watched for. And now he's telling them that he's going away. And they don't understand that. 
And not only is he talking with them about going away and this comforter that they really don't understand and will not fully understand until the Holy Ghost does come in power at the day of Pentecost. But not only is he telling them about things they don't understand, but he begins to speak with them about the reality that they are going to face some troubled times in the days to come. That there's going to be some persecution. That there's going to be some tribulation. That's the word that he uses in verse number 33 in John chapter 15. He told them that the world hated him. And because that they followed him that he was their master. He said if the world hates me it's going to hate you. And if the world's trying to get rid of me it's going to try to get rid of you. And you're going to face some difficult days. He said there's going to come a day when they even believe they're doing God a service by casting you out of the synagogue and putting you to death. They don't understand all this. He said, and then he gets down here and he begins to speak to them about how they're sorrow for a little while and then joy comes about the power of God and the reward for the people of God. And he said, these things have I spoken unto you. Now what things is he talking about? Well, he's going all the way back to John 14, even the bad things of the reality of tribulation in these days. And I want to stop and say, he used the word tribulation. That means oppression. And we are living in those days today. The word perilous does not just mean dangerous. Paul told Timothy in the last days, perilous times would come. And the word perilous means a spirit of oppression. It means to drain the energy, the spirit, the desire from the inside of the heart of men. And we are seeing that in the church age today. There is more discouragement in these days than I've ever seen. There are more of the people of God that feel like they have no hope in these days than I've ever seen. But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so this morning I got to pondering yesterday the Lord got to deal my heart and I don't even know what to title the message this morning. I don't know if that really matters or not. But I thought about in that old red back book we sing a song on page 120 called Victory in Jesus. And that's what got to stirring in me is that we have victory in Him. He said you're going to face things in the world that you don't think you'll ever make it through. There are going to be situations and circumstances and events that come in your life that it looks to you like you'll never make it. He said there's perilous times coming. There's tribulation coming. There's persecution coming. There's oppression coming. But he said I've told you these things that in me you might have peace. He said in this world you're going to have nothing but tribulation. But he said but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Boy that got to working in me. There are two things God put on my heart. And I won't keep you on this morning, but I want you to listen. I hope the Lord will help us together. There are two things in this verse God put on my heart that the Lord is speaking to His disciples about. Number one, He says you can guarantee that there are going to be some tribulation. He said in the world you shall have tribulation. He doesn't say you might have it. He doesn't say it's a good likelihood. He doesn't say some will and some won't. He said to all of his followers in this world, you shall have tribulation. 
Paul said all, that means all, that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. There is a reality. And we think about persecution. We hear about all those of old, uh, that the martyrs at the stake and all of that. And we say we're not there and we're not. We may get there again. Uh, but we're not experiencing that, so to speak, in our day. But there is an element. Uh, there is an atmosphere of persecution and oppression and tribulation among the people of God. Every generation of God's people have suffered tribulation. Every generation of God's people have in some way or some form has suffered persecution. Christ said, it's a guarantee you shall have tribulation in this world. We spend all our time, and I'm not being mean this morning, we spend all our time trying to figure out why that difficult times come about. The reality is, in this world, you shall have tribulation. We spend all our time trying to figure out why that this happens and that happens. The reality is, the Lord didn't beat around the bush. He didn't sugarcoat anything. He said it's a guarantee that you shall have tribulation in this world. I'm glad He didn't stop there. If He did, you and I would all be in a mess. But he said, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And I got to pondering about that good cheer. And I got to looking through the Word of God and the Lord got to speaking to my heart about good cheer. You know what good cheer means? When the Lord made the statement, be of good cheer, it's what we would say, it take comfort, cheer your heart. Perk up. Lift up your head. That's what Jesus was saying. In my mind's eye, I see the disciples as He speaks to them about all these things. And the more He talks, the lower they hang their head. And the more He talks, the longer their face gets. And the more He talks, the more trouble they get. And He said, hey, lift up your heads. Cheer up. Take comfort. Take courage. I've overcome the world. It's all going to be alright. And I got to thinking about comfort. I'm glad this morning for comfort. I thought about Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he's the God of all comfort. And I'm glad this morning, despite what you're going through, and I don't know everything about everybody, and even if I did, I couldn't help you. And I don't say that, that I don't sympathize or want to know. If you want me to know, I'll be glad to talk to you. But the reality is, I can't help you even if I did know. But I'm preaching to you this morning about a God who's able to help you when the preacher can't help you, when the church can't help you, when your husband can't help you, when your wife can't help you, when your children can't help you, when your parents can't help you. I'm glad there's a God, and He's when you're in the world and you're experiencing all this trouble he said be of good cheer I'll overcome the world I thought about this morning as brother Tim was teaching and talking about that word about presenting the, the, the evidence the proof the demonstration the Lord brought my heart back I was a studying last night and the Lord was speaking to my heart and he said here I've overcome do you know what that word overcome means it means I've won the case that's what the word overcome means. It don't just mean conquer, though that's part of the definition, but the main definition is I've won the case. He said there's no argument to be made. They can bring up all the evidence they want to. They can try to say what they want to say, but he said at the end of the day, I'm God and I've overcome. The case is mine. I've won it all. I've overcome the world. I can give you comfort. He said take cheer. I've overcome the world. I thought about comfort this morning. 
Some of you are here this morning and you need some comfort. We often think about comfort, you know, and the majority of the time when we think about comfort in the Word of God, we automatically go to the loss of a loved one and maybe that's what you need this morning, but there's comfort beyond just that. There are times of needed comfort beyond that. When you see a circumstance or a situation in your life or you're experiencing things and it's out of your hands and out of your control, that's where the disciples were. It was out of their control. He's going away. They don't understand it. It's bothering them. He's talking about this comforter. They don't know anything about him. They want with Jesus. They want Jesus. They want their plans. If it was up to them, they would set up a kingdom for him right now, but that's not the will of God and they need some comfort they don't understand the will of God sometimes in my life and sometimes in yours if it was up to you you'd have done things another way and you don't understand why God's letting things go the way they're going you don't see the full picture you don't see the mind of God the plan of God and the will of God maybe you need some comfort he said just trust me and be of good cheer I've got it under control that's what he was telling them They felt like as the Lord began to speak to them about going away, He spoke to them about His death. He said, we're going to Jerusalem. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed in the hands of sinners. They're going to crucify Him. They don't understand. Peter gets irate. He said, all men can forsake you. He said, I'm going to die with you. He said, if you die, I'm going to die. The Lord said, Peter, you don't even understand. They were so troubled inside. They needed some comfort. He said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. He said, when you can't fight, this is what uh, the message in a nutshell, this is what the Lord uh, spoke to my heart last night. And again this morning, I'm trying to tell you in my feeble way, when there is no comfort uh, to be found in anything or anyone else, I'm glad there's comfort in Him. He said, you might not be able to find it, boys, uh, in this or in that. Your plans went out the window. Uh, things ain't going the way you thought. Uh, but He said, look to me and take comfort in me. Uh, I've overcome the world. It's going to be okay be of good cheer that's right see there's comfort in him and God got to deal my heart last night and I got a few things I want to say and then I'll be done I thought about there's comfort in his person who he is look at what he said here in the verse he said these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace he didn't even say now you just hang on a minute and listen to what I'm saying He didn't say just in His Word. Don't thank God I can read His Word and find out about Him and that will help me have peace. He didn't say in His church. Don't thank God I can come into the house of God and hear about Him and it works in me to find peace. He said it's in me. Plus nothing, minus nothing. He said it's in me that in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of oppression, in the midst of you not understanding what's going on he said in me you can have peace I'm glad there's peace in his person just who he is see we're living in a day and I know it's been said I preached on it 
Brother Tim's taught on it. It's been mentioned more numerous times than I can count. We live in a day, a church world, a church age that's so wrapped up in the blessings of God that we forgot about the God who does the blessing. Just like we talked about on Wednesday night that there was, or on Sunday night, that there was a day when Jesus came into the house and they were so caught up on the one that had been raised from the dead than they were in the one that raised him from the dead. And that's where we are today in our church world and we're so caught up in what he's done that we miss sight of who he is and it's who he is that brings us peace not what he's done it's who he is it's who he is that we worship and we don't worship what he's done we praise what he's done we worship who he is that's right and so we in him in his person just who He is. And the fact that He is God. And beside Him there is none other. In the Old Testament in Isaiah's day, He said, Who will you liken me? And that we may be equal, compass, that we may be alike. There's nobody like God. And He said, Boys, when you can't find it in no one else or nowhere else, He said, In me you can find peace. He said, There's good cheer to be had in me, just my person. But I'm glad not just in His person, but it is His person that produces all these other things. Many times in our day we get it backwards and we start at all the things and work our way back to who He is. When we ought to start with who He is and let that filtrate down to what He's done. And so Christ said, first of all, it's in me, in my person, who I am, that I am the Son of God. I think the language that Christ is referring to is carrying him back to that day on the shores of Caesarea Philippi when he said, who do men say I am? Some said they're John the Baptist. Some say Jeremiah or Elijah or one of the prophets. He said, all right, who do you say I am? And Jesus said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hadn't revealed this unto thee. You've not stood around with your brethren and figured all this out for yourself. He said, My Father in heaven hadn't revealed it to you. And I think on this day, when their heads are bowed low, he was recalling to their remembrance the fact that he is the Son of God, that he is the Christ, and that they've been shown so by the Father. And he said, it's in me. It's in who I am. It's in my person that you have peace. And he says, because of my person, he said, I have power. He said, I have overcome the world. I'm glad for his power this morning. I'm glad he can when nobody else can. There have been multitudes upon multitudes and if you've been here for any length of time, you know that I talk about songs and that's just the way I'm wired. But they've been multitudes upon multitudes of songs written about His power. I like to think about one writer wrote, God likes to work when nothing else will. One writer wrote, when it seems there is no way, He makes a way. I'm glad His power is sufficient and He's able to give us cheer even in the midst of tribulation. We can be of good cheer because of His power. I want to say we can be of good cheer 
I've thought about these last few services we've come in the house of God and it's not been anything that I've done or anything that you've done. It's just because of His goodness and His mercy and His presence has been among us. And I thought, oh God, what better way to feel your mercy? What better way to experience the cheer, the comfort of the lifting of the spirits than in His presence? I got to thinking about the Lord and I'm about done this morning. And I hope it's helping you this morning. God worked it in me. And it seems like lately the Lord's been working them in me and I'm struggling to get it out like it's in me. And I hope it's coming to you like God's letting it come to me. I want your heart to be helped. I want you to get encouraged. If you need some comfort this morning, I'm telling you, you can find it in Him. I thought about that day the Lord's with His disciples. and The Bible said He constrained them to get into a ship and to go the other side while he went apart in the mountain to pray. And while he's up yonder praying, the Bible said there came down a storm on the lake and they were in jeopardy. You say, what does that mean, preacher? It means they was in trouble. It means they were fighting, they were struggling. The Bible said they were tolling and rowing. That word tolling means to struggle against opposition. Same word we're looking at right here, tribulation. Opposition, oppression. And that's what they were doing. Everything in them was fighting. You know what the Gospels are telling us in that story about them being on board the, the lake and on board that ship is that they were fighting everything they could just to stay where they were. They weren't making no forward progress. They weren't going any farther down the road. They were just doing everything they could not to back up and maintain where they were. Have you ever felt like in your life it's taken everything in you just to maintain where you are. You're not making any progress. You don't feel any closer to God. Matter of fact, you might feel like they do and wonder where He's at and wonder why He's not there and wonder why He told them to go and why this storm came. I mean, they couldn't understand it as far as we're recorded in the Gospel account. There's no disobedience in their heart. There's no disbelief in them. He said to go and they went. And the storm came anyway. I'm going to tell you, I remember Brother Handley Milby preaching about that Scripture and he made a statement I'll never forget. He said, those kinds of storms in our life are the hardest ones to understand. When you've done, when you search your heart and you've done all you know to do, and you've done your best. We're not perfect. I understand that. But I'm talking about you've done your best to obey the will of God. You have went at the command of God and the storm comes anyway. Those are the hardest ones to understand. And I guarantee they're in the boat trying to figure out why He sent them. Trying to figure out what they're doing there. Trying to figure out why this has happened. And the Bible said about the fourth watch of the night. About the darkest hour, when all hope looked to be gone, when it looked like there was no way out, when it looked like their ship was going under, when the water was coming in faster than they could get it out, the Bible said he came to them walking on the sea. And I'm going to tell you how much in trouble they were. We can, we can get harsh with them if we want to, but we better be real this morning. Their storm was so bad they didn't know him as he came a walking. This man that they had walked with, that they had watched him raise the dead, they had watched him give sight to the blind, they had watched the demons be subject to him. Now he's walking on the water of the storms of their life, and the storm is so bad that the Bible said they cried out for fear and said it's a spirit. 
And what was his response? His response was not, Now boys, you know better than that. Now boys, what are you doing out here struggling with this? Now boys, why have you doubted me? Why have you questioned? He never once says any of that. He says, Hey, it is I. Be of good cheer. Be not afraid. He said, It's me. I'm here. And everything is going to be alright. You say, what was he saying? He is saying, they don't have to look for me any longer. He had been there all the time. They just couldn't see him. And the Bible said he saw them toiling and rolling while he was on the mountain praying. You can believe whatever you want to. Take the scripture however you want to, I guess. I'm not so sure that it meant physically from where he was on the mountain that he could see them. Maybe it does. But he's God. Whether he could physically see them or not, he knew exactly where they were. And the Scriptures tell us that they didn't even know where they were. And the majority of them were fishermen and had spent all their life on this lake. And the storm was so bad, they didn't even know where they were. But when they didn't know where they were, he knew where they were. And he said, boys, be of good cheer. Be not afraid. It's I. It's me. I'm here. My presence is here. And I want to let you know in the midst of the storm that everything's going to be okay. Now when he spoke those words, the storm was still raging. He was not yet in the boat. It was not until he got in the boat that the wind ceased and they were where they were supposed to be. But while he spoke those words, the lightning still flashing, the wind still blowing, the waves are still coming over the boat. But he said, don't worry about all that. Focus on me. I'm here and it's okay. I'm glad this morning that Despite how bad the storm and big the storm and the waves may still be coming over, I've had some experiences in my life and I'm not boasting on me, I'm bragging on God. There have been some days that the waves were higher than my boat, maybe even higher than my sail. I'm coming over faster than I could get it out. But yet in the midst, the storm never stopped. The wind never stopped. The rain never stopped. But in the midst of my soul, there was a peace that passeth all understanding. And it's just because He spoke the writer said he whispers sweet peace to me when I'm cast down in spirit and soul he whispers sweet peace to me I'm glad there's comfort in his presence oh yeah I want to say this morning there's comfort in his promise I want to ask you a question this morning and it's not one It is one that when we ask it, everybody wants to jump real quick and say, oh yes I do. But we better examine our heart. Seems like that's what's been a lot of going on here lately is examining our heart and I thank God for it. But I wonder this morning, do you believe God? Do you believe God? You say, preacher, what kind of question is that? Well, If we look in this scripture, just a few verses preceding his disciples, they still don't understand. They're just trying to make out like they understand more than they understand. They're trying to make themselves feel a little better. And I'm not going to browbeat them or preach mean about them because there's plenty of days in my life 
that I didn't know what was going on. And I tried to grasp everything I could to make myself feel better. I tried to talk to myself and reassure myself and do like the brother was teaching this morning, my own power and speak to my own heart and try to make myself be convinced that I was okay and everything was okay. And that's what they were doing. They said, Lord, we believe. It's okay. You don't have to talk anymore. We believe. And he says in verse number 31, Jesus answered them, do you? Do you now believe? Do you really believe? I thought over yonder in Acts 27, there's a man of God that we've been studying on in Sunday school that was said this morning, the greatest preacher besides the Lord that ever walked the earth. And he's in a storm. And not just any storm. He's in the greatest storm that's ever recorded in the New Testament. And the Bible called it Eurachlodon. Which had to do with the direction that the wind came and it would come. They tell me that Eurachlodon speaks of southwest. It would come through the Straits of Gibraltar. And this may not mean, I know this is real technical, but you listen this morning. Come through the Straits of Gibraltar and across that Mediterranean Sea and that funnel of them straits would amplify the wind. It was a rare occurrence. And they're in the greatest storm they've ever been in. They ain't seen the sun or the stars in many days. Which means they have no idea where they are. They have done everything in their power to get it under control. It's in the scripture. They took with their own hands and cast forth the wares first. That's all the things that they knew they could live without. They were trying to lighten the ship. So they could get control of it. But guess what? It didn't work. The more they threw out, the more they realized they couldn't do it. Then the next day, the Bible said they cast out with their own hands the tackling of the ship. That's all them things they knew they had to have. But they were so desperate, they were willing to throw whatever overboard to keep the ship afloat. Paul, Luke is recording. Paul's on board the ship along with many other prisoners. He says, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Paul himself said, I don't see a way that we're going to make it out of this storm. Now Paul, before he ever got on board the ship, not only had he got, we focus a lot on the fact that Paul got the warning from God not to go, but before he got the warning, he got an assurance and a promise from God that he was going to make it to Rome, to Italy, and stand before Caesar. But all of that promise and all of them words, when the storm got so bad, they were hard to hear. And the Bible said, now, you need to, we've got to read our Bible right. <clears throat> the Bible does not say after long absence. It didn't say Paul went away for a long time. It said after long abstinence which means to do without. So the language of the Scripture leads us to believe Paul's not only praying, but Paul is fasting. Because he, and not only is Paul fasting, if we take the Scripture, everybody on board, whether they believe in God or not, is fasting. Because they just want to be out of the storm. Because Paul comes back up after the word from God and he tells them to take some meat for their health. 
And I don't know if Paul, we've, we've preached it, I have. I don't know if Paul went in the belly. I don't even know if Paul could have got down there. The storm was so bad. Paul might not have been real formal. Paul might not have got a rug and laid it down and bowed on bended knees. Paul might not have could have turned loose or whatever he's holding on to. But somehow or another, he got a hold of God. And the angel of God stood by him and he said, Fear not, Paul. You say, what did the Lord tell Paul? The same thing that the Lord told Paul before he ever got on board the ship. You're going to make it. And everybody on board is too. Sometimes in our lives we encounter such storms that we forget about the promise of God. And it's not that God comes in some new revelation or tells us something that we've not already heard. Sometimes He just reminds us what He said all along. It's going to be okay. You're going to make it. Because I said you were. That's what the Lord told Paul. Paul come back on board the ship. I don't know if he was down below. I don't know. But when Paul got done, he cried out and said, Sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God. He said, Sirs, take some comfort. Cheer up. Lift up your head. I've found comfort in the promise of God that it will be that these are the words of Paul I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me you say what was Paul saying he said God said it's going to be okay and it's going to be okay because God said so and he said be of good cheer I'm glad this morning no matter how bad you storm I'm glad the Lord said them disciples before they ever got on board the ship that day when the Lord was on the boat with them and he's asleep and the storm comes and they're so afraid and wondering before he ever, before they ever pulled up the anchor, before they ever pushed off from the land, he said, let us go to the other side. And they made it to the other side because he said so. Not because they were expert fishermen, not because they were good at navigating the boat. The storm come, they don't understand, but he had already made the promise that they were going to the other side. And I'm going to tell you this morning, it doesn't matter how bad the storms get, how big the waves, how hard the wind blows. If you have the promise of God, it does not change. The brother talked this morning, I thought about what he said. Everybody's putting their faith and their trust in all these things that change. We better put them in God. He never changes. His word doesn't change. His power doesn't change. His promise doesn't change. Better trust in Him. And I thought I was done. I thought the Lord was done. I kind of closed my Bible and I sat there. Other preachers can study however they, however the Lord puts it on them, however it works for them. I just sat there. Seemed like the Lord spoke to my heart about we've gathered together in these last few days and the Lord has done something in me and helped me and picked me up. And I'm glad. This morning there's comfort among His people because He is among us. When He's among us, there's comfort among us. And I thought about old Paul over yonder when he's writing. And the Thessalonians must have been a real... They were. 
People had come in and they preached wrong doctrine and got them all uh, stirred up and all discouraged and all distraught. And Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica more about comfort than any other church. And his letter to the Thessalonian church is not very long, nowhere near as long as to Corinth or any other church. But he writes more to them about comfort than any other church. And he says in chapter number 4, he says, Comfort one another with these words. These words. Not your words. Not the religious scholars' words, not somebody else's words, not another preacher's words, but he said with these words, comfort one another. And he said it again in chapter 5. He said, comfort yourselves together. Glad there's comfort among the people of God. And he says it again in chapter number 5, in verse 18, I think it is, he said, comfort the feeble-minded. And we hear that phrase from we think a lot of things, but the word feeble-minded just means low in spirit or low in heart or those who are discouraged or those who need the comfort. He said comfort them. When you're strong, give comfort to them through the Word of God and the work of God to those that need it. Because there's going to come a day when you're the feeble-minded, when you're the faint in spirit, when you're the one low in heart and you'll want somebody among God's people to comfort you. I'm going to tell you this morning, I know this is what I'm supposed to preach on and I hope it's found its lodging in somebody's heart this morning. The Lord said, be of good cheer. Even in the midst of tribulation. Even in the midst of sorrow. Even in the midst of suffering. In the midst of all your doubts and all your fears. All the things you can't explain. All the things you can't understand. All the whys and all the hows and all the whens and all the wheres. He said, just be of good cheer. Take comfort. I've overcome the world. Take comfort in me, in my person, in my power, in my presence. Let Him squeeze you up real tight when nobody else can be there and when nobody else can do for you. I'm glad God can. He can help you this morning to find comfort in Him. I wonder this morning while we stand all over the house, I'm done. 